What's going on and welcome back to the Life of an Entrepreneur podcast. My name is Sean Haneef. I'm the founder and CEO of Genflow and I help creators, the people that you watch online, make a lot of money. But anyway, this podcast, I take you behind the scenes of my business and I give you a straight up raw feeling of what it's like having a business. But in today's episode, doing something a bit different and something that I get asked a lot, which is when you're raising money, or you want to raise money, how do you get ready for it? What is the actual stuff an investor wants to see to give you the best chance to raise money? Quick backstory, I've raised multiple rounds, um, close to $15 million, and I have an episode, which is the very first episode of this podcast. If you haven't checked that out, check it out, where I take you step by step through what I did to raise the money that I did. There's lots of drama, it's about an hour long episode. If you ever wanna hear a real good story, with quality information about fundraising, go and check that out. Also have another episode where I'm taking you through all the different types of investors in the world and how would you approach them and the rest. But today, we're gonna be focusing on what things you need to do as a founder to get investment ready. So let's get going. Hi, I'm Sean Hanif, and you're listening to Life of an Entrepreneur. Okay, so one of the first things when it comes to getting ready for investment is your investment deck. And I'm sure you know this and you know all about this, but it's different than creating a business plan. You're creating an investment deck, which is the PowerPoint, and you're trying to, in there, tell an investor everything that there is to tell about your business. So for me, this document essentially is like your Bible. This is the thing that's gonna make someone fall in love with your business. So many people think this is like a business plan or just a document, put it together or whatever. I have stressed about my investment decks so much because it has to be perfect. And in that, there are many levels. Firstly, you need to really focus on how you structure your deck and how you tell the story. It has to flow. One of the big, biggest pieces of advice that I can give you is use headings and subheadings and make your headings flow. So it feels like someone's talking to you throughout the deck. It's very easy to make corporate slides, slides that are very static. But if you make it flow, it will feel so natural to a reader. For example, starting with a problem statement. For example, for me, that is monetization is complex for creators and in the very next slide i have in some of the stuff that i'm working on right now we solved it through a monetization platform so it's just you've got to speak in a way from the very beginning so when it comes to starting your investment deck you've got to think about what are the key things about my business that i need to get across and how am i going to make it flow so my suggestion would be the following, that you create um, a skeleton first to try to make it flow. I always start like that, which means literally doing bullet points or what are the key, key points about your business. So starting off with, yeah, what are the things that I'm solving out there in the world? How do I solve it? Does it really work? Let me prove it to you through numbers and graphs and all that stuff. Let me show you why this actually works. My solution works. Then... Let me tell you a bit more about that so you get a tangible feel, you know, through the product, products, services, whatever your business does. 
So you get a true understanding of what is it that you do. Then this is the amount of money that I'm looking for and what am I going to do with this money? My open question to any entrepreneur that I've ever spoken to is, if you had unlimited money, what is your business doing? What's the strategy? Because I have been so surprised with the amount of founders I come across that can't answer that question because they actually don't have a plan. You need to have a plan like your life depends on it if you think you're going to raise some real money. Simple as that. Imagine gun to your head. What would you do? Simple as that. What would you do? And you, if you don't know that, like on top of your mind in seconds, it's a problem. And that's how your deck should speak. You need to be so certain and sure in the way you speak, in the way you articulate your business in your slides that it's so, so clear. I see so many decks I've been sent, which is just information, but it's not really selling to you. It's not selling you why you, why is your strategy the best strategy and why would it win? On the first point there, why you, I will spend some time in the deck telling your personal story. So my deck starts with my story, which is, so when I'm pitching, I start with, when I was 11 years old, I started making money in school because I started selling games and DVDs to other kids. So immediately you capture someone's attention because you're telling a story. Then I go into my background of entrepreneurship, my background of e-commerce, how I was buying and selling, eBay, Amazon, etc., etc. My story leads to someone realizing that, okay, this person is clearly different and this business that he's doing today is coming from something that he has done for a very long time. And that starts to warm the audience to make you understand that, okay, this guy is clearly an expert in his field. Similarly for me, then I say in 2016, I convinced some creators to sell their own stuff. And since then have become an expert. I sit shoulder to shoulder with the biggest creators in the world and they trust me to deliver massive projects for them and make them millions. And that is something that I need to articulate very clearly, very early on to any investor. So your story is powerful. If you don't know how to tell your story, why I love doing an investment deck and doing it so thoroughly, it really helps you refine your story, your pitch and how you speak about your business. So it starts to sound epic. It's like telling a story in a movie. You've got to learn how to make your startup story as a founder sound epic. So you're like, holy shit, this guy and this company, they're really doing shit out here. And we can't believe how amazing these guys are that you want to get on the phone and they want to speak with you. So for me, that is a critical, most important thing in a deck. Start with your story, then problem, then solution. And then moving on to after you've sold your business and what does it do? Then it comes the, what is the plan to grow? And that needs to be not a million things, which is the biggest mistake people make again in the stuff that I've seen and mistakes that I made. The strategies all over the place. Classic is this, we're gonna have global offices. We're now going to the US. This is for UK businesses. It's like, you've done 1.2 million revenue in the UK. What do you mean you're going to expand to the US? 
What about the current market that you have barely expanded in? First classic mistake and first red flag. Second thing that I've seen, it'll be a little bit of everything. All the buzzwords. You know, we're going to build a brand. We're going to do lots of content. We're going to have global offices. You know, I'm going to hire lots of people and they're going to do lots of stuff and we make lots of money. That's pretty much everyone's like growth strategy when it comes to business. And this is where you need to really show your skill because if you truly know your space and market, what an investor is actually looking for is what's replicable. We do this one thing amazing. And if I had more money, I would do it this times more. Very simple. I'll give you an example. Today's Genflow works with the larger creators in the world. There's 2 million creators, which are called mega creators. And those creators are the ones that currently earn more than $100,000 a year. That's my focus. So my strategy says, there's 2 million of these guys. I have 70 of them. From that 70, I'm generating this much money right now. So if I had more money, I would just find more ways to acquire those mega creators faster and do the exact same thing that I do today. I'm just going to keep on doing it. That's a believable strategy. That's a believable plan. That's a plan that you can back because you're like, hold on. So you're saying that you have 70 of them and they make how much million? And if you had 500 of them, they're going to make this much million? That's very believable versus I'm going to have an office in Hong Kong, China, Sweden, LA, Miami, whatever, right? Like you, it's very clear, it's backable. And sometimes I think startup founders get us so twisted because they're trying to like make this massive plan when the plan actually has to be simplistic. The plan has to be believable. It's just like your normal life. In your life, you're not trying to do something crazy. You're just trying to get to the next step. And it's very clear, if I do this, I get here. It's like being in the gym. If you exercise, you do the same workouts again and again. If I did it a bit more, a bit more, I'll, I'll get better at something. Not that I need to do 20 different types of fitness training at once. And that's how I'll get fit. So the way you articulate yourself to smarter investors, it becomes very clear. Does this person really know? And when I've seen Dex, what it makes me see is, is this how they run their business? Because you've got to remember, everything that you're putting in your investment deck, you're going to get judged on. Because in the, I always think, is this how you speak to your clients? Or is this how you come up with strategy for your business as a whole? If this is the way you're making this deck. So people are going to judge you and your ability based on the deck itself. Moving on from there. The second most important thing is your financial model. So a lot of small startup founders essentially probably don't even have this in the first place, which is, do you clearly have three years of projections for your business in the absolute clarity and detail you can possibly imagine? And that's profit and loss, that's balance sheet, that's cash flow. That's having the complete trifecta of how does your business operate in a financial model. I'm not just saying have a profit and loss that your accountant has done for you. A model. A model means it has to have assumptions. So let's say today you're an agency who's getting clients. Your model would need to have the workings in it that show how much does a client, how much would it cost you to acquire a client that has an assumption that you have to make. How long does a client stay? On average, how much do you make per client? Does the client grow? How often does the client churn, etc.? If you're an e-commerce business, 
How much traffic do you generate? What's the cost of that traffic? What's the average order value? How many people buy? At the end of the day, your business may be performing a certain way. What you should do is look at the last like 12 months, 24 months, and create your averages, which become your assumptions. Then moving forwards in your financial model, you are then looking at, is this assumptions going to stay like that? The reason is because you have to come up with, if I'm going to invest $5 million into your business, what numbers would you achieve? But an investor doesn't really care about the numbers that much. They're going to care more about the underlining metrics and are they believable because that's how the numbers are calculated. So if you're telling me your current conversion rate on the website is 7%, I would never believe that in the next three years it will remain at that. So if you have assumed that in your financial model and then you're telling me this is how much money you're going to make, as an investor, what I will do is when I get a copy of your financial model, I will change those numbers down to like 2-2% and see what the projections say then. And what that will do is alter your valuation because we are, me as an investor will be thinking you're going to make a different level of money than what you think. So building your financial model correctly and the most appropriate way possible when it comes to your assumptions, the most prudent way, it's massive. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, you really need to, you know, start doing something about that. Because if you don't have a financial model for your business today and you think you can build a large business, yes, could you build a lifestyle business? Can you make money? Yeah, of course. But can you build a business that's going to be worth millions and millions and millions one day and someone would want to buy? There is no chance. If you are not properly, sorry, properly forecasting in a model with assumptions of what is going to happen from here how's it going to grow and everything else that comes with that so you know i can talk a lot about financial model but the point is you need to have that fully worked out and also then that's what goes into your investment deck because you have to have the very last section of your deck has to be talking about here's my current numbers here's what's um, how what we're going to grow till and here's our assumptions and why we believe those are going to be true. And someone would then look to believe that. So fundamentally, for you to raise money, you've got to have a very articulate, clear plan. Next on the list would be engaging your team. Because if you're trying to get investment ready, you need to try to get as much understanding from your teammates to see what how would they grow it so i have a question that i've put into my review forms with my team members now which says if you were the ceo of genflow what would you do and the reason i did that was because i wanted to get 100 different answers from different people because it's so interesting right if any of my team members today had i don't know 10 million dollars what would they do to this business you'll be surprised at the answers so the third thing for me is trying to get investment ready is actually getting your team's buy-in. It's very similar to being a football coach. If you're making a plan on how you're going to remain first or not get relegated or whatever that is, you would need your team to buy in with you into the plan. You can't create a plan without discussing with your team members so you get their viewpoint. Also, in most cases, if you're doing any real investment, any real money, investors are going to want to speak with your team members to see if they agree with the strategy, the growth strategy, and how the money will be spent. 
So it's super, super important to get your team's buy-in and see what they think. And the very last thing I think is just generally when you're trying to get investment ready, you have to really concentrate on what actually makes you special as a business. Because everyone has a thing that has made them get to that point. Was it timing? Is it your execution? You know, for us, that's always been our like operation. Operational execution is by far a strength. We never really fuck up. We never really not get something done or have made a massive problem with something. And, you know, people have trusted us with lots of different things and we've made a success. You know, I had to fly to Madison Square Garden in New York and stock it up for one of Anthony Joshua's fights. This was years ago. And we did it. You know, I had to set up a pop-up shop for a creator and we had a thousand people turn up and I had to manage the whole situation. We did it. We've had thousands of people trying to buy products at one time and there was a technical problems and whatever else, but we sorted it. It's that tenacity of like, we win and we make it happen. You just really have to dig deep because when it comes to like difficult questions and stuff, you'll be ready to answer them with like complete honesty, transparency and real guts on show. And people will think, wow, if this guy can do all this stuff, surely he'll be able to deploy the money and we can believe him. Investment is about belief. Can someone believe in you? So when you're about to go to market, you're just going to be so sure on your plan and so sure on what makes you the person to do this over everybody else out there and then you'll have the conviction it's all about that conviction that that thing of why you but anyway i hope this episode gives you a bit more insight into it so right now you know i'm currently in the middle of raising around so i know all about this stuff i have stressed and stressed over my current investment deck and financial model and everything else obviously my business is a lot larger so it's naturally a lot more complex now but from the very beginning, I've been very good at this. When I raised my first £50,000 from an angel investor, I went and saw him in his office and I spent two hours going through my investment deck, going through the numbers, and I just blew him away with how much I had thought about it that he goes to me, like, is this all you do? And I was like, yes. And he invested in me at that stage, which was like very early, like pre-seed, seed stage, just because... I was so, I knew all the details. I, you know, I can't believe when founders don't know the details of the business. You have to know everything, everything. There is no room for, I'll have to go and look into that. Or, you know, I don't really deal with the numbers. I have to go speak to the numbers guy. Then you've lost. So if you're about to do this, you gotta treat it like it's everything in your life. Otherwise it'll never happen. But anyway, I hope you liked this episode. Just giving you very tangible advice on a certain topic because I know it's massive for founders out there who want to raise but they just don't know where to begin. If you do have an investment deck, send it my way, sean at gemflow.com. I'd love to give you some feedback and help anyone out. But anyway, make sure if you have got till the end, I really, really appreciate it. And if you could leave me a review, that would be a massive help. And make sure you share it on social media, share it on Instagram, let me know. And um, yeah. I'll see you in the next episode. Thanks.